welcome to the Whiskey Sisters podcast. I am Inga Larissa. And I am Jennifer Rose. Together, we will be bringing you a weekly whiskey podcast where we'll be discovering drams, exploring distilleries, talking to industry experts and sharing other whiskey adventures. Not only will we be sticking our noses into our drams, but also into all things new and current in the whiskey universe, with a leading commentary, of course. You're listening to Whiskey Sisters, the podcast. So welcome all the new and old listeners. In today's episode, we have a special guest from Isle of Arran Distillers, and we will be sampling some very special whiskey. <gasps> Absolutely. So excited for this. And finally, we will be able to reveal our tasty tasting notes for the first ever lag whiskey. Did you hear that, everybody? First ever exclusive. <laughs> so before we talk to Mariella, let's stick our noses into the latest whiskey news. Stick your nose in it. Shiva's brothers are investing £88 million to upgrade the Aberlour and Milton Duff distilleries in Speyside with sustainable distillation equipment. And this significant expansion will also increase Shiva's brothers' total production by 14 million litres of alcohol every year. Both sites are expected to be operating at full production capacity by mid-2025. Don't you think that sounds like a space-age year? You know, like a year <laughs> in the future. <laughs> yeah, but not I just know, three but years. It's actually, literally three years. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. <gasps> By twenty twenty-five, like we will have like hovercraft and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Watch too many movies. Too many sci-fi <laughs> movies for sure. The Aberlour site will also benefit from an upgraded visitor center and a new cell house. No. Yeah, Aberlour is really cute. Have you been there? No, I haven't. It's really nice. They have like waterfall and everything. It's beautiful. Oh. That's how, that's actually where I learned about the the black fungus that grows on the trees oh. around the distilleries. Oh, that's so nice. No, that sounds really pretty, Inca. And Milton Duff's expansion will include a new state-of-the-art sustainable distillery next to the existing facility. And the Milton Duff single malt is one of the core components of Ballantine's blends, as well as other blended whiskies in the Shivas Brothers portfolio. So the upgrade will help boost Ballantine's pace of growth as well. You know, actually, um, are you a fan of Ballantine's? I've Have never tried, tried it? it. No, I've not tried it yet. I was it's just something came to my mind because they do loads of stuff with music and oh. they create all these different uh bottle designs and colorful things based on some of the music things they're doing and they do lots of dj sets and things like that so I, I was actually thinking maybe we should cover that at some point considering that we quite like both quite like the whiskey and the the music combination you know absolutely no i, I wasn't aware of that i'm going to look into that um later tonight now love it get our shoulders shimmying mm. at, the, at the very least I know you say you can't dance but I don't believe that I think you can <laughs> yeah just you know a couple of drums and I'm on the dance floor <laughs> so also the world's largest scotch whiskey bottle containing 311 liters of a 32 year old Macallan single malt will go under under the hammer at the end of May Edinburgh-based auction house Leon and Turnbull will offer the bottle named Intrepid. I don't actually know what that means. I think like Intrepid, like Intrepid Explorer kind of thing. (laughs) 
intro of it. Perfect. Uh, during a live online sale next week. Ooh. Mm. So it was officially certified by Guinness World Records in September 2021. Uh, and this giant bottle basically contains 444 standard 70 centiliter bottles. That is huge. Yeah. Massive. I saw a picture of it. It's just, it's incredible. Do you How think do you count pour it as a it? bottle? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> First thing you think about, how do you actually get the whiskey out? Exactly. <laughs> Love it. So yeah, the record was the the Guinness World Record was previously set by a 228 liter bottle of the famous Krause whiskey in 2012. So it's been a while. Mm, okay. And after maturing in two sister casks at the Macallan Speyside Warehouse for 32 years, the 43 ABV spirit was bottled last year by the independent bottler Duncan Taylor Scotch Whiskey. And the auctioneer said that this uh, intrepid, intrepid. could break the world record for the most expensive bottle of whiskey sold at auction, which is current currently documented at 1.9 million US dollars for another Macallan of 1926 bottle, which obviously I think that was just like a normal size. Wow. Don't you feel like we've got Macallan in our stick your nose in it news every week at the moment? Exactly. They're just constantly breaking records. And that's why I, I have a little little funny thing about Macallan because I, I always get this, get this sense that it's all about the marketing and not about the whiskey so much, you know? Well, I was at a whiskey tasting the other week and one of the other tasters or tasties don't know what's the correct English <laughs> tasty <laughs> tasties was a staff member from McAllen and he was saying and I had never heard this before but he was saying that they call it malt Disney yeah and I've heard malt. that it's a super sexy like modern oh like, no, visitor you're not center no I have not been there <gasps> Yeah, it is kind of like a hobbit house, but like, you know, a hobbit village almost. It's quite funky. Mm. I've only ever tried one Macallan and it didn't rock my world. Oh, was it the 10-year-old or something like that? Do you know, I can't even remember. So I maybe need to revisit Macallan. Whiskey Sisters! So Aaron and Lag are one of the few independent distillers in Scotland, which is really amazing and cute and impressive and just everything at the same time. Totally makes us like them more. Yeah, for sure. And although the Aaron distillery is relatively new, the production started in 1995, the island has a long history of whiskey making. A fertile place, the farmers in the south of the island, uh, where the Lack distillery is now based, had plenty of raw materials to work with, good connections to Glasgow, and when the home distillation and small stills were banned in the late 18th century, they simply just went underground and kept distilling. Rock on, Alan. We're like a little secret distiller. Yes, yes. And there was a legal distillery at Lag from 1825 until 1837. But once that closed, it took until 1995 for the distilling to begin once more, but at this time in Lochranza, which kind of makes my heart so happy because I first went to Arden in 1995 and had a really special time there. And it's amazing to think that all those years ago, that's when the distillery was starting. But anyway, I... It was meant to be. It was all like lining up to this moment. I think so. 
I think so. And in 2019, the, the parent company, Isle of Arran Distillers, opened that second distillery, Lag, the one that we've got the exclusive tasting for, in the south of the island. That's when they also gave Arran, the Arran range, like a facelift and modernisation with lovely kind of up-to-date packaging. I think their packaging's beautiful, oh, actually. Yes, the old packaging or the old labelling was the bit... Yeah, very old school. It wasn't very exciting, but this new packaging is super, super cute. So nice. Very Instagrammable. It's beautiful. The introduction of the new core expressions, Barrel Reserve and the Bodega. I can't say this. Bodega. Thanks, Inca. The Bodega. <laughs> As the name suggests, a sherry matured whiskey. Mm -mm -mm. So Aran enjoys warm microclimates with sea, uh, sea breezes and clear mountain air, as well as the warm flow of the Gulf Stream. It makes an ideal place for speedy maturation of single malts. Such a beautiful location. Oh, it's one of the most beautiful islands in Scotland. So nice. It. So much to offer. Mariella Romano. Vi presentiamo Mariella Romano, Global Brand Ambassador e Brand Manager per Isle of Aran Distillers. Grazie mille per essere nostro ospite stasera. Piacere, Mariella. Grazie mille a voi. Oh, che bella presentazione. <laughs> uh, ero triste, non sono potuta venire l'altra volta. L'isola di Aran ti aspetta a braccia aperte quando vuoi, magari faccio una telefonata speciale, ti facciamo uscire i delfini, le foche, i cervi, le ali, così li vedi tutti, però sì, quando appena torni in Scozia sei la benvenuta. Grazie. Ah. Sorry, I had to just show off, sorry all the listeners who didn't necessarily get, but you know, can't be living in Italy and then try to speak a little bit Italian with the Italian Fantastic. guests. So. That sounded beautiful, whatever you girls were saying. I thought we were going to do all of this in Italian, I was like, oh wow, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. So anyway, welcome Mariella. Nice to have you on the on the podcast. Very <laughs> welcome. Thank you very much for inviting me. And maybe we, I could start by just uh, explaining that I recently sent, spent a day with you, Mariela, on the beautiful Isle of Arran in Scotland. And I just want to thank you again. Oh, my goodness. Talk about living my best whiskey life. I was, you know, ferried about in Mariela's gorgeous little car. Arran is stunning, like Scotland in miniature. And I was so spoiled. We visited two distilleries, taste delicious whiskey, had lunch, had stunning views. And I even got to see a Highland cow. So, Inca, I'm not going <laughs> to you totally missed out i know i can imagine i've been to aaron once before and it's definitely one of my favorite islands in scotland so i will be back lovely yeah no as i said also in italian i'm not sure jenny understood not a lot <laughs> but yeah i said to inca next time she comes uh, i mean when she'll come over and i hope you'll join her as well we'll make some special calls for all the dolphins and the golden eagles and the stags and, oh, and the squirrels yeah. come out uh, so that we get to see them all the whiskies will still be there and there'll be more so <laughs> yeah fantastic we will definitely come back so perhaps before we find out more about the distilleries and the whiskies um it would be nice if you could just tell us a little bit about your role as the global brand ambassador and brand manager like what does it include and yeah absolutely I mean, working for a small independent company, your job kind of stretches over your title anyway. So uh, Global Brand Ambassador and Brand Manager means a lot of things. You Shana. do pretty much everything. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody does everything. Uh, I personally 
uh, travel a lot, which is lovely. So as my ambassadorial side of the job means that I get to travel around the world and tell people about Alvaro and distillers, our whiskies. Now we have two distilleries, so it's super exciting. And at the same time as brand manager, I help the marketing team and uh, I look after social media and I do a billion other things in between. <laughs> I answer <laughs> customer questions. I organize visits to the island. I do podcasts, apparently. This <laughs> Yeah, I, I'll say yes to everything. I'll try everything once. So it's it's wonderful to do kind of like a split job this way because I get to not only see the law for our whiskies around the world, but also follow like you know what's happening in the company here in Scotland mm. and um, yeah. see the progression. How did you get into whiskey? Like, has whiskey always been something that you've enjoyed? Because it's obviously not huge in Italy. Yeah, absolutely not. There's definitely always the black sheep of the family, the, the weird <laughs> one out. And uh, <laughs> I decided to move to the UK uh, when I was 21 and I worked in a bar just like any other immigrant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> and I tried the Lagavulin like, 16. They stole my heart. And I tasted it. I fell in love with whiskey. I fell in love with the whole, you know, Scottish romanticism mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, the history, the production, the people. And I decided to make it my career. And then one step after the other, I obviously became very aware that I wanted to become a brand ambassador. And now I... I got the dream job. So I work for an awesome company that makes delicious whiskey, beautiful, lovely people. And I get to travel the world and share whiskeys with like, you know, a lot of very cool people. So I'm very lucky and very happy. You've nailed it, Mariella. So when I was over in Aran with yourself, I learned a lot that day from you and, you know, it really struck me how one island can offer so much. Could you tell us a little bit about the two different distilleries on Arran, one at Lochranza and in Lag in Kilmore? Absolutely. I mean, the story, the history of Alavaran distillers is quite fascinating to begin with because we find ourselves in a very weird time and, and place compared to like other whiskey distilleries here in Scotland. First of all, our founder, Harold Curry, managed to open a distillery in the 90s, which was the worst possible time you could open a distillery. I mean, yeah. demand was non-existent. Mm -hmm. Brand ambassadors definitely didn't exist. At the time. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like, you know, people were definitely not drinking this much whiskey. And if they were, uh, it was mostly blends. Uh, yes. We succeeded independently still, which is the most shocking thing of it all. We're still independent today after 27 years, uh, but it was a struggle. But we kind of, with Locranza Distillery, we kind of like started the renaissance of whiskey, single malt whiskey in Scotland. Wonderful to see today. Today there's a new distillery popping up in Scotland every yeah. other week. It's great. I'm all up for that. But yeah, we definitely started it. Uh, so Locranza is, used to be called the Isle of Iron Distillery. Mm -hmm. It was this little dream of this man, you know, we wanted to make our own whiskey, our own character, be ourselves, essentially, not compared to Campbellton and Isla or the yeah. islands. That's a very common thing that we see in bars because we're from an island. We cannot put aside next to whiskies that don't share any really flavor profile like, you know, that we do. And then, you know, throughout the years, we got a lot of achievements, a lot of milestones, uh, celebrating mm -hmm. our 25th anniversary, rebranded, launched a 25-year-old. And, and three years ago, we decided to start a brand new one in the southern part of the island. So we couldn't be more far away from each other. Lacranza mm -hmm. Distillery yeah. are like an hour away. And completely different story. Beautiful, huge, modern distillery. 
and we're making heavily peated whiskey. So a fun fact is that when we built La Cranza Distillery in 1995, uh, in 93, sorry, started making like liquid in 1995, when we registered at the distillery, uh, they told us to register as a Highland distillery. As Jen said, Scotland in miniature, Aaron is kind of divided in half by the mm-hmm. Highland boat line. So the northern part is mountainous and the southern part is just valleys going down to shores. Mm-hmm. But when we registered LAG, we registered it as a lowland distillery. <laughs> so we can say that we kind of have our own lowland uh, heavily peated whiskey distillery down south and highland, very fruity, very delicious, uh, creamy uh, Locranza distillery up in the north, which is kind of fascinating for one tiny little island. Uh, on the same island. It's just, yeah. It's <laughs> amazing, isn't it? Lag is obviously not officially classed as a lowland whiskey by the Scotch Whiskey Association because obviously the classification for whiskey region is different uh, and it doesn't really follow, it's not dictated by the Highland fault line. But however, for us, Lag is very much, you know, the opposite, the polar opposite of Lacranza, not only in regionality, but also in terms of flavor and whiskey making and everything else in between. You know, tends to prove that whiskey regions are not a thing anymore these days. <laughs> I think the regions these days, they're more like, uh, just gives you an indication of the type of whiskey, but it doesn't really mean that it's actually like that anymore, like it used to be back in the day. Everyone is kind of exploring different yeah. styles whether it's lowlands or highlands or Speyside. Absolutely. I think it's a great way to start your journey. Like using regions definitely helps, you know, but but then I think there's a switch once you get to know more distilleries and you taste more whiskeys, you realize that there's so much more uh, outside of whiskey region and there are so many more whiskeys with completely different flavor profiles in the Every part yeah. of Scotland. So we are so honored and so excited for this cask sample of the first ever lag whiskey. Ex- exclusive. Exclusive <laughs> to Whiskey Sisters. Um, so you've been so incredibly kind to us. But we wanted to know that have you actually sampled it yet yourself? I did. I did. I had the pleasure of actually being near the cask when this was yeah. happening. Oh, wow. And guess what? Guess what I had in my pocket, in my coat? A glass. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, just magic. Aaron is also known for many of the cask finishes. It was the Amarone cask that we featured earlier in one of our first podcasts. And I think that's how we kind of got talking with you yourself as well. Are there any new cask finishes coming anytime soon from Aaron? Anything interesting? We always have three different wine cask finishes in the market at any given time. One of them is the Amarone, the one that you mentioned before, the Port and the Sauterne. We have always been known as the wine cask finishes guys, especially at the beginning of our journey. We finished in we finished our whiskey in possibly every single wine cask that ever lived uh, on the face <laughs> of the earth. <laughs> we have a lot of different wine cask finishes, but now we nailed it down to those three. It could be that from time to time uh, we do bottle a special rare batch, a limited edition, uh, either fully matured or wine cast finish. Uh, but I cannot say uh, if something is coming uh, this year or in the next, because it really depends on availability of casks or how the whiskey tastes like. Um, mm-hmm. So I can't really say for yeah. 2022. So possibly. 
possibly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just thinking back to my visit and I want to thank Graham Oman. Is that how you pronounce Graham's surname? The distillery yeah. manager at LAG. Yeah. He showed us around the warehouses, which was amazing. I got a picture with him with cask number one, which felt even exciting to be standing beside. And there was lots of other amazing looking casks and its own orchard. LAG has a beautiful orchard that's growing just now doesn't it so we're not sure if you're able to share with us uh, Mariela when people might be able to buy lag whiskey when will that maybe be released for purchase we are thinking of an inaugural release of course uh, which is coming out in summer not a long to wait now but in August yeah. amazing so Jen told me that there are 700 people that are part of the LAC Cask Society and these people have invested in the casks and they even have the names up on the wall, like a wall of fame. So we've been discussing the cask investment in the past episodes and we were just wondering if there's any way other people can still get in, you know, are there more casks coming up for sale? Yeah, so... With like we did a wonderful thing, which is his like cask society. We really step away from the word investment uh, as a company, mostly because we we don't really want to look at that aspect of like you know buying a cask. We we kind of prefer to have people that decide to join a community as such. Mm-hmm. We have something similar happening in Locranza uh, with Aaron Single Malt, which is called the Wise Tag Community which is essentially like a group of friends that get together. They're, they're obviously huge Aran whiskey fans, and it's lovely to organize tastings for them or you know, events for them and just get together with these people that are there just for the joy of sharing a dram and making, you know, new whiskey friends. Yeah. So with the Laika Society, we look at it exactly the same way. We want people that want to join our journey and want to see their cask and their whiskey grow. Maybe they want to bottle it for like, you know, for their family, for mm-hmm. their friends in the future. They want to come to an event, meet like-minded people that like enjoy whiskey and enjoy the socializing aspect of it. And after 10 years, obviously, they get to choose what to do with their casks. We limited to 700 casks. So only 700 people were allowed to buy a cask of lag, which, which was a bourbon barrel. As you said, Inca, lots of benefits. Um, not only you get your name on a plaque um, <laughs> you know, at the distillery, which is pretty cool. Uh, they were also the most important one, or the one that like I think convinced quite a few people was being able to get a bottle of um, uh, the very first lag cask. So they get bottle number, you know, one essentially, and it's mm-hmm. dedicated to the lag cask society only of the very first cask. And uh, also the funniest one for me, because I'm not a golf person at all, is that on Aran, tiny little island of the west coast of Scotland, there are seven golf courses. <laughs> With buying a cask of lag, you got a pass at each of them. So No way, that's yeah. great. We also pledged not to sell any casks to anybody else for this 10 years. So for another seven years, we won't be selling any more casks of lag. So all the people in the Laika Society are the only people that ever cask. They must feel super special with their name on the wall and no no one else can join (laughs) for now. Amazing. So we we were planning lots of events for them uh, pre-COVID. So now we're very much looking forward to organize events and get together so that, you know, we can actually get these people together in one place and, you know, they just get to know each other and just share a dram from time to time. You know, there's there's always an excuse to share whiskey, visit your cask. We're ready Mm. 
people doing that. So it's more a, a community. It's more being part of a journey, seeing a distillery, you know, being <laughs> born and then maturing. Like, yeah, you know, and like, I think especially when, you know, these are two independent distilleries, which is quite rare when it comes to uh, yeah. Scottish distilleries. So it feels even more homely, maybe more like a family. And yeah, I, I get that. Makes sense. And it was not only um, Graham that I met, I also met Stuart Bowman when we visited Loch Ranza. Um, but it was a, such a whistle stop tour, wasn't it, Mariella? Because <laughs> the last ferry was cancelled. So it was a bit of a whirlwind tour of Loch Ranza. So I kind of feel I want to go back because there are some exciting developments happening there. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Uh, first of all, we would like to thank Calmac Services for making our journey a super fast <laughs> one. <laughs> it was a challenge that we accepted from the yeah. start. From <laughs> the smoke uh, coming off your wheels. <laughs> <laughs> like driving from Locranza to Brodick. <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> but yeah, super exciting news for Locranza as well. We're expanding this summer. Small independent company, I think already said it possibly 50 times, but uh, we also like to do <laughs> things, you know, uh, in a slow way. So our still men, whereas guys only work uh, five days a week, we do a very slow distillation. So the way we can increase production is essentially by just adding more washbacks. So that's what we're going to do this summer. We're going to build outside space which is going to be connected to the inside of our still house just to have a, a bit more washback so that we can increase capacity that's great yeah that is good news because it's so so popular and in such demand doesn't it like all over instagram everyone's raving about Aaron whiskies you know all the cask finishes and just the classics everything yeah, and we were saying earlier in this episode, Mariella, how much we love the the bottles and the branding, just how beautiful they are to look at. Thank you. It's been a that has also been a journey which I experienced uh, since the start, as I joined in two thousand and nineteen, and it's been lovely to see actually a lot of hardcore fans or people that have been following us for many mm -hmm. years change their minds over it uh, more than anything. Because <laughs> As any change that ever happened in the world that are, you know, is not always welcomed. Like a bit of resistance yeah. here and there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And as I always say, the truth is in the juice. The liquid is still the same. <laughs> we are still the same people making the same whiskey. So we, we did go for a rebrand, but, you know, we're still the same people making the same liquid every day. But now our whiskeys look like a family when you put them together, which is my yeah. absolute favorite mm. thing. Yeah. Um, so here at Whiskey Sisters Podcast, we've loved nothing more than a combination of whiskey and music. And we really wish we could be able to come to Aaron um, for the Whiskey Festival, Malts and Music in June. Um, but unfortunately, we can't. Oh, but, what can visitors expect from this festival? So this year is going to be actually um, a bit of a weird one because it's going to be done at LAG. Normally the festival is always up in Locranza, but because it's, you know, three years of LAG and we have whiskey, we decided to move uh, down south. Also because LAG distillery is much bigger, so there's a lot more space. Uh, a few things will not happen, which normally happen, like the music part, for example. We do have some music, but we don't have the classic Kaylee this mm -hmm. year. But it's just a very chilled, very relaxed, very friendly get-together, as I like to call it. Um, it's not like a Campbelltown Whiskey Festival or an Isla Whiskey Festival. <laughs> it's very much more 
come over to La Cranza, come down to the distillery. We do different whiskey tastings, tours, and a lot of different activities. The Friday night, we have a white stag dinner, which is uh, reserved to our white stags. And then on Sunday, we do the survivor's lunch. <laughs> so whoever managed to survive the two days, um, yeah. this year we'll go to La Cranza for a lovely, lovely lunch and a few more whiskeys before going back home. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned music because this year is quite a special one for me. I'm actually doing a drums and discs tasting with my colleague Andy Bell, and we're going to go toe-to-toe uh, against each other pairing whiskeys and vinyls. So, oh, my God. Love it. That sounds yeah. amazing. Oh, you need to do, like, little things for social media so we can see yeah. what, you, what you're playing and what are your pairings. <laughs> we will do it. But, yeah, it's going to be super fun, so... And this year, actually, my absolute favorite thing I forgot to mention is, is that the, we will be indoors. So normally we're like outside and in a marquee, yeah. which is Midges Fest. Yeah, <laughs> we're inside, so we're protected. So, I'm, so will it be inside the Lag Visitor Center, Mariela? Yeah. Which yes. is epic. It's so modern, but like beautiful shape. And it looks out, you know, to the, the Ilza Craig and mm. just stunning landscape and really good food. So much. I love like visitor center. I love Locranza visitor center to the views are standing over the mountains as well. Lag though it is an epic view. Very epic view. So nice. Okay, Mariella, no guest appearance on Whiskey Sisters podcast would be complete without finding out about your dream dram. So what celebrity dead or alive would you like to raise a glass with and what whiskey would you choose for the occasion? <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, this is such an... I, you know what? This is funny because I was talking to somebody in Sweden about this. and I was like, if you could meet a celebrity... And have a whiskey with them. Which one would you mean? I'm gonna go for a very weird one. Um, go for it. I think that's a very great question. And I think I would like to have a Red Breast 15 in a dirty Dublin pub with Brendan Gleeson. I don't know why. I I don't know why. I've seen that guy in so many movies, and there's just something about him. I think he'll be full of stories. Or maybe he won't. Maybe he'll just be silent and we'll just be <laughs> But I think there is a character in him. And I hope that the Red Breast Queen will kind of, I don't know, just get something out of him. Get something, get those stories yeah. flowing. Yeah, I think just because I just I just would like to see what will happen. I'm just curious about it. I can see him like saying, uh, no, no, this is I wanna drink something else and like <laughs> for you a drum. I prefer a pan of Guinness bye. You know, something like that. <laughs> I just want the interaction. I just want to see what I love how you just gave the location as well. Like, that's the first. Yeah. Some of the weirdest and best encounters in my life in, in, a, in Irish pubs for some reason. <laughs> so, uh, a bit of special <laughs> magic occurs when you're over there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have Irish ancestry and I don't know about, you know. Oh, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was really nice to have you over and, and have a chat. And we will look forward to coming to Aaron together now as like as a team. We can all go together. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you. Dram on fire. Okay, Inca, do you want to tell us a bit about this gorgeous-looking 25-year-old? Yeah, so 
There's only 3,000 bottles of this one. It was distilled in 1995 and bottled in 2020. And it's 46% ABV and made of 65% of bourbon barrels and 35% of sherry casks. Mm. I love this. Because I, I was saying earlier, the first time I went to Arran was in 1995. Feels very appropriate. Yeah. What do you think of this colour? Beautiful. Stunning, isn't it? It's kind of rusty. Yeah. Like a rust, deep kind of sunset, kind of burnt orange colour. Yeah. Really nice. On the nose, that is just first impression for me on the nose. Oh, that's saying a lot. I feel I need like some time to really process yeah. what I'm getting there. Quite a lot. Dried fruits. Yep. A citrusy dried fruit for me. Maybe like mm. that kind of like candied uh, lemon or orange peel. That's a bit of spice. Nice muscovado sugar. Oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> so nice. I'm going to go for the sip. Mouth feels lighter than I expected. I expected it to feel a bit heavier. Mm. I find it quite dry. Drying in the mouth. Finish is a bit woody. A little bit of spice. Quite... Also some sort of sugar. It's less of the muscovado gentle sugar and more of a kind of tangy sweet for me on the palate. I'm trying to think how to describe it. Mm. Maybe like a sugary, orangey sponge cake on the palate for me. Yeah, definitely get some orange. Mm -hmm. Orange peel or zest. But like with a bit of a, a gentle spice, spice kick also. With second sip and third sip. As if it's getting sweeter again, but you know, like toffee apples. Do you have them in Finland? Mm. Yeah, they kind of toffee over the apple. I don't know, it has kind of spiciness to it as well. Yeah. It really coats your tongue like a, I don't know, black yeah. pepper or something. Like a black peppery prickle on your tongue. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's, I like that though, because sometimes the spicy whiskies can be just a bit, ooh, you know, that just feels balanced. It does feel balanced, doesn't it? With mm. the sweet and the pepperiness. I'm getting a rosy-cheeked glow already after a few sips, as if it's like, oh, as if it's revving the engines. So are we going to uh, add some water, Inca? Oh, there's the question. There's the question. We don't want to do it, let's be, let's be honest here. <laughs> we don't want to add water, we want to sip away here and chat. Yeah, I'm more interested in seeing how it changes with time, Yeah. you know, with air in the glass. Yeah. But I often find that it surprises me one way or the other. On the nose can be super sweet and not so much in the palate. And this one, there was sweetness in the nose for me, but really powerful sweetness balanced by the peppery spice. It's very orangey, yeah. isn't it? Mm -hmm. Or mandarin or something. Yeah, like caramelised though, maybe like kind of cooked down or candied. Quite long finish as well. I was going to say long finish. Dryish. Yeah. Like, yeah, for that woodiness. It feels quite a luxurious sip to me. You know that it would be brought out at special occasions. It's I added way too much water. <laughs> but it's not as spicy. Why don't you try that one with a couple of drops only in it? That feel, feels a bit smoother, a bit softer. I'm quite spicy. I'm finding it more spicy on the palate and a little bit bitter. I don't like the intensity of the spice. Yeah, the spiciness is actually... It's, Lasts very long. It's more of a chilli spice for me now. Yeah. Oh, it's really spicy. So, yet again, we've got the thumbs down for adding of water. <laughs> yeah. But we know it's personal taste. But, mm, again, 
really lost something for me there. Mm. Doesn't feel that luxurious, juicy, slow sipper now, and I feel I have to brace myself for the intensity of the, the bitter spice. But overall, I would say very, very nice whiskey. Very nice whiskey. Mm. Beautiful colour, juicy and delicious. We're fans. Yeah. The moment we've been waiting for, the lag cask sample, kindly gifted to us by Mariella. Oh, feeling very special, Ooh, aren't we, Inca? Yes. So the filling date for this cask sample was the 10th of the 4th, 2019, and it was drawn on the 12th of the 4th, 2022. So let's open it up. So before we do, actually, Inca, what do you think of the colour? Very light, grassy, almost like a little bit green, almost. Yeah, I have. I would agree with that kind of straw, but there is that yeah. that tinge of green as well. Yeah. Ooh, sound. <laughs> that, that pouring sound. Oh, I'm so frightened of smashing this yeah. sample bottle, and so frightened of spilling a drop. It's so precious. <laughs> okay, so first one. ever lag whiskey. Obviously, this. It's straight from the cask, so it will be diluted and it won't be exactly like this once it's available for everyone to buy. Exactly. But it's just to give us some idea what's what's coming. Yeah, I feel like we've got like a private preview. Yeah. And this cask sample is at a, what, an almighty 62%. Ooh, Ooh the smoke yeah. it is. And the sweetness <laughs> with that smoke. Hey, on the nose. Ooh, really nice. Really nice. I would say the smokiness is by no means overpowering. No, but it's, really it's very subtle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But very much there. You're not having to search for it. No. What is that sweetness? I'm thinking orchard fruit sweetness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Oh, a bit light and fresh. Nectarines or... And I'm imagining like ocean vibes. But I don't know if that's just, of course, because I've been lucky enough to visit the distillery and you see all the beautiful views of the ocean. And kiss going in for the sip. <laughs> don't you wait for me, Inca. You just get towed in. <laughs> mm, still very sweet. There's definitely a little bit of a burn because it's so high in ABV, so we probably Ooh. like the water, water with this one. But. Whoa, that, that's got a kick and a half, hasn't it? Yeah, it's quite strong, but there's sweetness to it. Powerful, powerful kick, but I agree, there is a sweetness to it. But you know when whiskies are very strong, it sometimes overpowers and you can't get the flavours? Yeah. I don't feel that, I feel there's still a lot of flavour coming through. Mm-hmm. I just can't get over how that... Nose is so sweet and yeah. lovely balanced with the beautifully balanced on the nose. It makes me think of you know like gentle smoky fires like a beach bonfire, but it's like near the end of the mm. of the evening and it's like kind of calming down a bit. It's not as intense, um, and you've got those kind of smoking embers. It makes me think of that kind of smokiness. Kind the finish is quite reasonably long. Dries a little bit. I'm feeling the kind of orchard fruit vibe on the palate as well, Inca. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe kind of gently stewed apples and pear. Pear, yeah. Yeah, pear. Mm-hmm. Like really ripe pears. Yeah. Well. With that smoke. Oh, I think it's I think it's really nice. Mm, yeah, I think it will be a really good one. Definitely. I think lag's going to be, you know, a distillery worth watching all unfold, really. So I'm going to add some water. Although with this one, you can probably add a little bit more. Yeah, I did a little bit more than I normally would. Does that open it up on the nose at all for you? With the water, it takes away from the peat. 
definitely. It's you don't really get that smokiness, you just get the sweetness. Yeah, it's much more sweet on the nose now for me. If there's peat there on the nose, it's much more subtle. I'm yeah, searching for it now. Yeah, but otherwise it's kind of similar still. Yeah. Those sweet fruits. Yeah, but my smoky bonfire's gone right out now. <laughs> <laughs> Less spice for me. Oh, really? I was thinking more spice, but I took oh, a really? big glug. <laughs> this glass is just not my friend. <laughs> I got one of these Norl- Norlin glasses. With the big to try. Lip. Yeah, someone gifted this to me. So I'm <clears throat> I'm really struggling with this glass because it's so thick, it's really hard to sip, so I'm spilling yeah. it all over my face. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the glass, yeah. but I'm not a fan. <laughs> yeah, I think there was quite a lot of initial spice, but it goes away and mellows, mm-hmm. and then the sweetness comes through. It's much more mellow on the palate for me, and then those nice kind of sweet, smoky tones, you know, like imagining if you put the fruit on like a barbecue, like mm. kind of charred, yeah, yeah, exactly. like, charred yeah. barbecued fruit tones. Mm. Yeah, barbecued beaches. Yes. Also, maybe a little bit of saltiness as well on the finish. Yeah. You know, like the popcorn that you get sweet and salty and yeah. it's kind of that mixture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With the water in it, I'm finding the finish a bit kind of the woodiness mm. a bit stronger. Yeah. I was thinking woodiness, but then I felt like I said woody on the previous one as well. Like, but I feel it's maybe a little bit more no- noticeable. Yeah. Not strong. A nutmeg, maybe. Yeah. You know, when you get the whole nutmegs and you create it, yes. that kind of... And, and then also how it just feels in your tongue. Exactly. Do you know, I now that it's been a couple of minutes since we added our water and I'm just sipping and nosing, a wee bit, you know, more of the smokiness in the nose again. So it's just fascinating how it changes, mm. whether it's your own perception of it or whether it's the temperature of it yeah. opening up a bit. I was going to say croissant. Croissant. <laughs> or like brioche. Yeah, or like, you know, those, um, you know, the ones that are filled with apple? Strudel. Oh, they're strudel. tasty. Apple strudel. Maybe some honey. On the palate, that nice smokiness. I'm so impressed at the balancing cup, mm. considering this isn't the finished article, this is a cast sample we've got, but already. Yeah, even now, like without the water, it's still very easy. Yeah. Now, we are so spoiled by Mariela because not only has she given us this whiskey, but she's given us new make truffles from Lag Distillery. But they're like fancy ass chocolate. That's a lot of chocolate. Mm-hmm. So super chocolatey outside, gooey chocolate inside. Oh, they're nice. Washing down yeah. new make truffles with cast strength whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Works. This is how we like to live. Oh, the smokiness of the whiskey mm. and the sweetness of the truffle. Yeah, and it really mellows the whiskey. Mm. Oh, good shout, Mariella. Thank you for these. It's definitely growing on me. Quite a nice tip. Yeah, definitely. And how cool will it be when we can buy ourselves a bottle of yeah. Lag Whiskey knowing we've had this exciting preview? But I would I would be encouraging people to keep an eye on the date of release for this because... Yeah. towards the end of the summer, yeah. August so time. We, we need to keep our eyes peeled for that because I imagine it's going to fly off the shelves. Yeah, so I'm sure there's a newsletter maybe or follow the Instagram account to keep up to date. And we would love to share this cask sample of which we've got quite a bit left, but I think we're going to just need to keep our research <laughs> and our research yeah. going and increase our notes. See, this glass doesn't even make a nice <laughs> clinking sound. It's rubbish. Whiskey glass feel. Ah, uh, stick to clinking. Yeah. Whiskey sisters, whiskey fact. 
1951, most films were shot in the studios at Hollywood, but director John Houston created the celebrated classic The African Queen by shooting almost the entire movie on site in Uganda and the Congo. Go him, that's quite adventurous, isn't it? Oh, I know. So it was starring the legendary Humphrey Bogart and Catherine Hepburn, uh, and the movie was completed in nine weeks, the first two in Uganda, and then the following five weeks in the Congo, where the crew had to hack into the jungle to create a camp. The final two weeks to wrap the film took place in the East End of London. I know. (laughs) Just must be like, oh God, thank God we're in London now. Yeah, for sure. Quite hardcore. I know, having to hack your path through and build your own village, that's pretty full on, isn't it? So bless their hearts and souls. In Africa, they were immediately beset with problems. The crew cast were constantly sick, attacked by mosquitoes, crocodiles, snake bites, oh, shouldn't laugh, spider attacks. At one point, they had to move their camp because of a sudden nighttime invasion. Oh, by thousands of giant ants. Oh, Oh my God. Oh my goodness, like each about an inch and a half long and capable of giving a significant bite. That's actually terrifying. I know, I'm feeling really itchy right now. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Dysentery became a huge issue for almost the entire (laughs) crew. Oh, dysentery's never been in. That's just never a good look, right? (laughs) For almost the entire crew. And poor Catherine Hepburn shot many of the scenes with the sick bucket near her side. Oh, so she could vomit in between shots. (laughs) Brutal. So brutal. Everybody get ill with the exception of Bogart and Houston, long-term drinking buddies with a deep-seated love of malt and blended whiskies. Go boys! Both insisted they did not drink the water the entire shoot and lived on whiskey and said, I'm sorry, again, we have yeah. more evidence here. I know, I was just going to say. This, is just... <laughs> this confirms all we know, Inca, right? <laughs> exactly. Ugh. In no. all situations, whether it's a sinking ship or everybody's got... Freezing cold. Exactly. Whiskey's there for you. Indeed, Bogart claimed that he hadn't been bitten in the ant attack because they knew to avoid him and the only insect stupid enough to bite him during the entire trip had died immediately from alcohol <laughs> poisoning. <laughs> Brilliant. So, originally, Bogart was supposed to play the boat captain and Hepburn's love interest in a Cockney accent. All right. All right. (laughs) All right, mate. That's really bad, sorry. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, so he he felt that the whiskey and the slurring meant he couldn't carry the accent properly, so he played the character Charlie Alnutt as a Canadian. (laughs) And, you know, some might say that all Americans become a little bit Canadian when they... A little bit inebriated. <laughs> he must have had quite a good bucket full then if he was slurring the word. I love yeah. it. Just back up accent Canadian. I know. How can you go from Cockney to Canadian as well? It's quite funny. <laughs> love it. Uh, but yeah, the res- result of their whiskey diet, well, maybe not diet. I'm sure they <laughs> ate as well. Uh, was the creation of a masterpiece of cinema and still an all-time classic. So Bogart hated the whole experience and was constantly rude to the crew and swore he would never return to Africa. 
But ironically, the following year, he won his first and only Best Actor award at the Oscars for his role as the rude and constantly drunk captain of the African Queen. Oh, amazing. What a tale. Like, it sounds an epic voyage of madness. But, like, that's cool he got an Oscar for it. But I don't like that he was rude to the crew. Yeah, but obviously he's been a bit, you know. Bit of a heaver. Yeah, hangover snappy. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Well, it's still a team effort as well. Exactly. You've been listening to the Whiskey Sisters podcast. Next week, we will feature another distillery from our recent road trip. (gasps) Yes, the final point in our Whiskey West Coast Triangle of Adventures. And Yeah, and this is the one that almost got away, isn't it? Because we nearly didn't make it to Ardnamurkin Distillery. Oh, yes, it was a nightmare. We will tell you all about it tell you all about it and how excited we were to make it and we will feature some of the beautiful drams from them in our dram on fire section so pour yourself a glass of ardnamurkin or a whiskey of your choosing and join us next wednesday and meanwhile you can keep up to date on all things whiskey sisters as always on our instagram at whiskey sisters.podcast twitter at whiskey sisters and facebook at whiskey sisters podcast bye sugar see you later bye.